Hey ho, my chuckaboos on your afternoonified devices. It's me, Gustavus Swift, founder of Swift Foods and all-around meat guy. So, what's for dinner tonight? Might I suggest a tender and delicious cut of Swift beef skirt steak? Perhaps a juicy Swift pork tenderloin with a marvelous citrus chutney? Either one will take the egg the moment it hits the old sauce box. What am I saying? You're already on the internet, look it up! Swift Foods, inspiring extraordinary meals since 1855. Hey everybody, it's Joe Trippy, and welcome back to That Trippy Show. We've had a lot of special guests recently, but today we're going back to our roots. There's so much to discuss, so you'll have to put up with me, and even worse, well, we'll all have to deal with Alex. Let's see if he gets any listener questions today. Alex, where do you want to start? Oh man, we got plenty of them to go into this week, but I think we have to talk about, Joe, that the biggest thing that came up as we've been prepping for this episode, which I do want to point out, we do get some questions. Yes, we occasionally do prep for this. One of the things, I think it was the well, subject one line of, it, of the one email of us, you sent. One of us <laughs> preps for it. The subject line of the email you sent was, quote, more economic news that no one will ever hear. And I think we really do have to start there. Um, there's a new navigator pull out and, and, and Joe, this really gets to what we talked about last week. Where do you want to go with that? But I don't even think that was, it wasn't the navigator pull. It was the oil stuff. Well, that was the first one. We, then we got to get into the navigator pull. When I said more economic news, no one will ever hear. I'm pretty sure it was, it was about the U S setting a record for exporting oil. We've exported more oil in this uh, it, this year than in the history of the country uh, than we ever have in a year. And this is all, I'm sure no one else going to hear about it. Uh, no one will be reporting it. And the outrage machine over with Fox and, and Breitbart and those guys will continue to do the, and the right, will continue to do the drill baby drill stuff. Biden is like screwing, isn't, isn't sending, you know, we, why is all this happening? Biden hasn't done anything. No, no, we're on Joe Biden, he's the president on his watch. We're exporting more oil than we ever have. And we're exporting a hell of a lot more than we're importing. So anyway, that was, that was why I went on my rant about uh, more economic news that no one will ever hear. But that does get to the navigator poll because it, it kind of makes the point. It, it, it basically, uh, this new poll came out, uh, we'll put it in our, our uh, show notes, and it shows that everybody is for the Biden economic plan, but most people haven't heard about it. Uh, so Biden's economic agenda is at its highest level of support by a 51-point margin, seven in 10 Americans support Biden and Democrats' new economic plan that will expand Medicare for seniors to include hearing coverage, lower health care costs by allowing Medicare to negotiate lower drug prices, and lower energy costs by investing in clean energy like wind and solar power. It's a, it's a plan to lower costs on working people. Wait, and you said a 51-point margin, yeah. not 51% yeah. of right. America. The it, margin is 51. No, no. It's it's 71% support to 20% opposed, 90% uh, 
of Democrat support, 70% of independents support it, and you know, a whopping 49% of Republicans support it. That's a ton of Republicans in today's day and age, though, right? It's not half, but it's close. Uh, and so look, you know, uh this gets to the, the interesting when they hear about it. That's what we get 71 support. But here's the problem a majority of Americans report hearing something about the unemployment rate falling to 3.6%. Um, however, only 17% report hearing a lot about it. By comparison, nearly three times as many Americans report hearing a lot about year over year inflation rate jumping to 8.5%. And you know, all this comes. Uh, when just three in 10 Americans, this is the interesting one. We've created more jobs in the last year than any time in our history in a year. I mean, bar none, not even close. Millions and millions and millions of jobs. Basically, 30% of Americans believe that more jobs were created in the last 12 months, compared to 29% who believe more jobs were lost over the last 12 months. So, and 40% who are either unsure or believe the labor market evened out between jobs gained and lost. So basically 40% think nothing's really changed about even Steven, 30% think we created some jobs and 29% think we lost jobs. When in the fact is, we created more jobs under Joe Biden's uh, administration than at any point in history. It is the 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 uh, uh, overwhelmingly fastest recovery from a recession or an economic hit like COVID created than at any other time. Um, but less than you know, but almost no one has that information. Why, why is that? Yes, I agree. We've talked about this with, with uh, Simon Rosenberg last show. It just screams out at you. Democrats have to get loud. We have to get, and I don't, when I say Democrats, I'm not talking about just Joe Biden or the administration or members of Congress. I'm talking about us. Uh, it's kind of the reason going back to why I thought we needed to start the union. And one more time, join the union.us, everybody. But it's because 50,000 Americans repeating these truths over and over and over again on the economy, on the job creation, on the Biden Democratic economic plan uh, to lower costs when the Republicans, you know, what what's the Republicans plan to lower uh, to, to, to cut lower costs and fight inflation. What's their inflation fighting plan? You know what it is? Rick Scott's tax everybody, to put skin in the game, make tax all the people that are struggling with higher prices, that, that are hurt the most by, by higher prices. Not, not the people over $400,000 who make over $400,000 that Joe Biden wants to raise taxes on. No, Rick Scott in his GOP agenda tax plan wants to tax the people 
who to put skin in the game, who are struggling the most by, because of inflation. That's who he. That's his inflation fighting plan, folks. He wants to tax you. So, so this is the stuff we have to start. It's the contrast. It's it's the loudness, and it's to push back because because look, there's a reason everybody knows all the other stuff. It's because. Billions have been spent making an outrage machine at Fox, at Breitbart, at OAN, at Newsmax, and they just keep repeating the lies. They repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. And I keep saying this, but a repeated lie will, will beat the unrepeated truth every time. And yes, there is, look, people are, uh, hurt by what's going on economically with inflation. And by the way, uh, I think it was uh, Jason Furman had a came out today with a report where it, it's clear now that what's happening with inflation is it's demand driven. This is this is people are coming out of COVID and they are uh, uh, they 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 save money over the people that are, that are that, that were able to save money over COVID uh, during the COVID period are going on vacation, stocking up a lot of things that we weren't none of us were doing, and it's created uh, a lot of demand beyond. It's not the supply uh, chain thing that a lot of us that I th- th- thought had a lot to do with this. It's more that. It, the demand is outstripping even the supply chain after we, we, we fix the supply chain. So anyway, there's all these things going on, but I think the whole thing comes down to if we're going to fight this, the disinformation, the outrage. And by the way, you know, we're, the other thing that's happening is Disney. So, okay, instead of focusing on the economy and what's really happening, they throw out that, you know, they're going to go after Disney. Well, that's a distraction. By the way, the the press falls for it every time. And that's what they'll be repeating. There will not be, I guarantee you, there there may be uh, press today. I'm not talking about mainstream press, talking about DeSantis and Disney and uh, what the legislature in Tallahassee is, is doing uh, with with Disney, which is insane, and I admit that's insane, but they'll focus on that, and and I I doubt there'll be a single report on CBS, NBC, ABC, any any uh, major uh, cable news about the fact that we're now exporting uh, more oil uh, than than at any point in history, and and it's far outstripping our import of, of energy. And that that and why is that happening? Because we're exporting it to Europe to to help Europe stand firm against Russia's invasion of Ukraine. I'm sorry, that was a that was kind of a rant, but I apologize. I apologize, everybody. We said we were getting for back to our roots, and that's our roots. Um, I do want to follow up on that point you just made. It's almost like the conventional wisdom. If you think back, I mean, even to like. The 2012 election, where it was the pragmatic economic approach of of Romney Ryan against 
whatever the social progress stuff. It's almost like that's kind of flipped in the last 10 years, right? It's Democrats, the party of economic growth, the party for the little guy, lower taxes, by the way. And all of a sudden, the top three, four things that you hear the Republicans worrying about is all social stuff, right? Oh, well, I mean, that's what they always have been. They've always gone to the cultural war issues every year. I mean, you're seeing that already. We're already seeing the caravan panic season starting early. Um, it's all about creating a culture war. And and again, they repeat it over and over again. So that, they, that, so that the fear of the hordes coming across the border to get you and take your jobs. Uh, they, they will just keep uh, doing that. I, I even think inflation is, is like it, it become part of their mantra about, it doesn't matter what econ, other economic news is, is they're gonna keep doing, you know, the outrage about, uh, uh, about everything without, without ex, one, explaining anything or two, talking about, okay, their tax plan to deal with inflation actually taxes the people who were hurt the most by inflation. This is insanity, folks, but they will just, it, you know, get you coming and going uh, and the press will fight, will, will like jump on their distractions every time. Uh, and they know that. So you've got this outrage machine, creates a distraction, creates an outrage. The mainstream press covers the outrage and no one's covering what Biden has actually accomplished, which is probably one of the greatest economic recoveries, the strongest job creation, the absolute in the face of the invasion into Ukraine. We're exporting more oil than ever worldwide. Uh, and we've got a faster growing economy than China does, which is the first time that's happening in decades. But uh, there's no there's no outrage there. It's hard. What's that outrage? So you're not going to report it. Uh, and that's why we have to be the people that get loud. So, Joe, I did want to touch today on not just the economic response, but there's some interesting data about the pandemic response, too. That was a cornerstone of the campaign The and basically, the entire outlook on the pandemic has has changed, not quite overnight, but pretty close when a lot of these mask mandates have been thrown out, planes, public transportation, everything. The, the Biden administration's approach or their response to it has been kind of interesting. He basically said, we should decide for ourselves whether we want to wear masks. And I think the DOJ is appealing that ruling. It kind of feels like the administration is a little bit behind when it comes to how they're messaging on this, doesn't it feel like they they need to be out in front more? Or, or where where do you see the administration on pandemic response? Look, I think the administration on pandemic response has done uh, exactly what they need to do, which is they've waited uh, for the scientists, for CDC, for health officials, to and, and science to say this is where we should go. I you know. They so would you actually so I understand what you're saying, Alex. I you know, geez, it looks like they keep waiting for the CDC. Yeah, well, guess what? That's what you're supposed to do if you're the president of the United States and you care more about governing and saving people lives than you do about politics and where you're going to be in the next poll. And of course, the outrage machine 
doesn't care about any of that. The outrage machine just wants to create the outrage about masks or whatever. So look, but what's interesting, again, going back uh, you know, to the Navigator survey, uh, a majority of Americans continue to approve of President Biden's handling of the coronavirus pandemic. It's a seven point margin, but Americans approve of the way Biden is handling the pandemic, 52% to 45% disapprove. And I, you know, I, I gotta argue, I, I might point out that that 45%, they're never gonna agree, approve of a damn thing Joe Biden does. The majority of those people, that's how polarized the country is right now. So that's seven points that, you know, maintaining a positive rating since early March uh, following the State of the Union address. You, you know, and it's, it's pretty much um, a, a situation now, I think, where, yeah, look, lots of Americans are, you know, are tired of co- who isn't sick and tired of COVID and wearing a mask. OK, uh, but when I get on a plane, I'm going to wear one. Why? Because, you know, the older person, excuse me, next to me might be vulnerable or the, the four year old in row three or eight can't can't have a, a can't be vaccinated it's just simple uh in my view common sense and courtesy even if you think you're invincible um uh, there are plenty of people who are not i think i i actually um uh i i think the only place where i would i, I would have if i were joe biden i would have said that i would have said that people sh- can now decide for themselves obviously now that the court uh, uh, that the judge ruled what and uh, uh, voided the mandate, but that I personally would wear mine and would hope, out of courtesy, you'll do you'll you would for other Americans. But it's your choice. It's your it, it, now it is it, it, it's your decision. Um, uh, that's the only part of that I I, I might have disagreed with. But I think that most Americans. It's interesting. Um, that that same poll did say that that more Americans thought, you know, that the worst was behind us, uh, it, you know, and those kinds of things. But still, uh, there's a considerable number of Americans who are still very vulnerable to this. Uh, we don't know how whether there'll be another wave or not. We all hope not. Uh, and I certainly understand the frustration with with wearing a mask. Uh, I you know I I don't enjoy it either, but it's hey, we'll see. DOJ is going to appeal, uh, and I actually think that has a lot more Alex to do with precedent than the situation. The reality is, by the time they appeal it, um, the CDC had recommended what you know a few weeks from now that the uh, that they would remove the mask mandate anyway. So uh, the, the the days right now that that the mandate would still be in place will be long gone by the time the DOJ appeal happens. I think the reason they're appealing it is that so that in any future, to let this precedent stand, that a judge could just uh, put so many people at risk, um, not making, by the way, any legal ruling, but uh, essentially the, the judge ruled uh, like a doctor who knew that we don't need these things uh, on a health basis. Uh, I think they want to knock that down and challenge it. and. Uh, and get and get that precedent uh, uh, moved aside and and make it uh, so that the next time uh, a mandate of this kind, uh, if if ever needs to be in place, they have the power to do it, or that the next president, Republican or Democrat, has the power to do it.
Well, it's another it's another case of, you know, Biden gets up and says, well, we should decide for ourselves at this point now. Pretty sure that's what Republicans have been arguing like the whole time, right? Like for years. So, you know, you're going to hear a lot of right. Democrats just caved on this when actually, you know, the science is coming along, et cetera. Like it, it, it's interesting hearing the reactions well, on both sides to this already. Well, also, look, it's not just the science that's, that, that change or evolves. The the virus does. You, you know, there may be uh, in the future, the, the virus may turn in uh, to, you know, re- relatively uh, not life threatening to anyone. You know, it, it, could, it could evolve in a way that uh, uh, makes what we've gone through you know, seem, seem like the flu, et cetera, or, or the cold, but that's not, you know, and look, hopefully we're getting there uh, with the vaccines and, and with the, the different variants, but right now we don't know. And I think you wait for the CDC to tell you, the CDC is recommending that we keep mandates on for two, two weeks. Um, I think, uh, you know, that's what the president was doing. He's a, he don't want he doesn't want Americans. That's my point. Who who? It's not like he doesn't understand that people are pissed about wearing these masks. It's not like he know doesn't know that politically it would be great if he never if we didn't do that. He's dealing with he's the president of the United States. He wants to keep us safe. He's listening to the doctors and the scientists, unlike the previous administration. Um, you know, and when you look at it, um, there, there, a lot of studies now show that like two, over two million lives were saved because of how fast this administration got those vaccines administered, got the tests out there, all the things that they did, over two million lives were saved. And yet that's, look, we're going to have a million Americans who who died because of this disease. It's hard to prove that hey, there's 2 million more that would have passed away had we not taken the aggressive steps that this administration took. I'm sure our friends in the outrage machine will be outraged that he says it's your choice now. Uh, By the way, that's following the rule of law. See, something else that the president of the United States, this president of the United States actually believes in. He doesn't believe that no, he's got com- complete power to impose the, the the mask mandate for another two weeks. No, a judge ruled. It may be appealed, but the judge ruled. And so right now, today in America, like it or not, it's your choice. And the only thing I wish he'd added to that was, but if it were me, I would wear one on a plane out of courtesy to other folks. Joe, it's been a couple of weeks since we've gotten into 2022 updates with all the guests and some of the other stuff we've been talking about. It, Cook put out their latest round of house ratings, and we're, we're just about done with redistricting. I think it's like 40 out of the or 45 out of the, the 50 states. Clear, there's still a lot of work for Democrats to do. But Joe, what are you seeing from from kind of the state the state of the house right now? Look, I I, I looked at that thing and I added it all up. You know, when you, you do do the numbers. Uh, the Cook Report has, uh, 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 through the states that have already, you know, finished with redistricting and set things up. So he, here's where we're at. If you look at who they lay out as 
uh, you know, strong Democrat, likely Democrat or leaning Democrat. There are 186 seats that they put into those that column. There's 186 Democrats who are either in strong, likely, or lean Democratic seats. On the Republican side, there are 184 that are either strong Republican, lean Republican, likely Republican. So that that's how that's how those seats come out. Now there's a couple of states that we're gonna you know that are gonna uh, come out with uh, with districts, and we'll wait to see how those line up. But let's look at the 27 seats that are currently up uh, toss-ups that Democrats hold, and the 12 seats that Republicans that are toss-ups the Republicans hold. So you've got this 186 to 184 on likely lean or 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 strong in each party. 186D, 184 Republican. Uh, okay, and then we got a um, we've got 27 Democrats who are in, now in toss-ups, and they've got 12 according to where we're, we're at. And there's still going to be other seats that get 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 ranked eventually as the state lines, uh, districts come out. But let's look at what's, when you start looking under the hood of what's going on in those toss-up seats, just for example, I want to go to Brent Peabody uh, uh, had a tweet this, this morning, and, and I agree with him. He said that, that the one trend he's seeing is that Democratic incumbents are just swamping their GOP challengers in fundraising. And, and this means a lot. He, he says 2022 will be tough, but a lot of frontline Democrats have the war ch chest they need to own the airwaves, define their opponents and build the blue wall. Now, I don't know about owning the, the airwaves. I, I think TV is like overrated. Uh, I'm more with my Lincoln uh, Project brothers who think, you know, it's more uh, digital peer-to-peer uh, -peer. Uh, is more powerful, but the point of having that that money advantage is really important. And his case in point is look at Abigail Svanberger uh, in uh, Virginia Seven, frontline Democrat whose race was just moved to toss up. She has almost four million dollars on hand, Alex, and her closest opponent has four hundred thousand dollars on hand. So what you're seeing, I, I understand. 186 to 184, and that's only you know two seats. There, the advantage there, but then you look at okay, what's going on in the you know with the cash on hand, the fundraising, these individuals, not the party as a whole, but the individuals uh, are are raising the incumbents in our 27 toss-ups, and it's an overwhelming advantage. Then I'm still going to stress this. Wait till you see who they nominate, because they're going to make some of these people are going to make Marjorie Taylor Greene look sane. I keep saying that, but they're going to nominate Loons. So I still think even now, while everybody else is still wringing their hands and saying we're going to lose the House, I think we have an excellent chance of holding the House and gaining seats in the Senate. And I think it is going to come down what we've got to get louder. We've got to develop uh, the union, the army out there uh, to, to, to get loud with us on this economic messaging. Again, when 70%, when 70 to 20 support Joe Biden's economic agenda and almost 
it, it, it's simple, folks. We got to make sure every American knows what Joe Biden's agenda is. And by the the same thing in the House and the Senate, they got to they got to fight to to pass the damn thing and stop fighting with each other about how how much in this one and how much of that. But we can do this. I mean, we can really do it. His agenda is very popular, and he has accomplished, I think, you know, two years of out of two years of probably the most disruption ever caused uh, in my lifetime to average Americans, to every American out there that's impacted by COVID, by shutdowns. Uh, and now what's going to happen with, with Putin in, in Ukraine? I mean, look, Ukraine is, uh, and Russia are responsible for nearly 40, 50% of wheat worldwide. That's not going to happen. Well, that's, wheat prices are going up. Cereal prices are going to go up. I mean, this is all the, the, some of the most disruptive confluence of events that, that you could ever imagine. And they've all happened in the last two years. And somehow we've come out of it with a stronger economy than any other country in the world, growing faster and exporting more oil than we ever have. I mean, that's this a pretty, and with an economic agenda designed to try to lower prices and lower the pressure on average Americans while the while the leader, the guy who, who wrote the agenda for the senators, for the GOP Senate, is wants to tax uh, saying everybody's got to get skin in the game. Yeah, the people he wants to put skin in the game are the same people struggling to find enough uh, to fight these, these, these inflationary prices. I mean, it's just absolutely upside down. They they can just keep repeating crap and outrage. We've got to repeat the truth strongly, boldly, and, and we've got to. We also got to understand that we have to repeat it, which is something we don't do. Well, we said that already. No, we've got to say it over and over and over again. And that's just about all the time we've got. So, Alex, you stand times up. We didn't get to any listener questions again, did we? Yep, we okay. had three this week, but yeah, again, it yeah, was a Joe yeah. Rant day. Yeah, Neil from New Jersey, Ivy from California, Chris from Florida, I apologize to you. Thanks, everyone, for listening to That Trippy Show. We'll be back next week. And of course, please subscribe to That Trippy Show and leave a review on Apple or wherever you listen. If you haven't joined the union yet, please go to jointheunion.us or tell your friends. Uh, we got a lot of work to do. And like Simon Rosenberg says, we got to get loud. You can always send us a question to that trippy show at gmail.com or leave us a question in a review on iTunes. See you next week. Thank you.